0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: Oh, it's the captain's dream, really. Um, it's just yeah, it's just the real sense of calm out there when you know you've got someone that good on a wicket that's giving him a little bit of help. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fun, really. It's, you can get creative um, with some of the field placements knowing he's going to land it exactly where you want it to. So, yeah, I, I thought he was brilliant over the last couple of days, bouncing through a few different plans, but just always felt like he was in control and always yeah, felt like we had plan b c d that we could go to as well but never really feel like we had to so yeah absolute dream oh yeah it's huge i'd love for him to keep going until 2027 i think you know the only barrier really is his body so if he looks after his body and you know make sure he's right for whatever it is 10 test matches a year i would absolutely love if he's playing until 2027
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm Menas, and that was the Australian skipper Pat Cummins talking about how he'd love Nathan Lyon to play on until 2027 after he took six for 65 on the final day of the first test versus New Zealand. Australia got the win. They smashed New Zealand by 172 runs. And joining me is a debutant on the podcast, and, and and this gentleman is one of the pioneers of cricket podcasting in Australia. There's not many people that started around the same time as I did, but I have the host of the Cricket Library, Matt Ellis, joining me. Matt, hello.
1: Lovely to be with you, Menes. Great to be with one of the pioneers of cricket podcasts in Australia, and always happy to talk about an Australian win.
2: Yes, well, great to have you on. Matt also works at Cricket New South Wales and does a bit of commentary on the domestic cricket, as I do, so we've commentated together in the past, but we are here to wrap up what, in the end, was a very convincing victory. And, Matt, just off the top, you have to – well, I'm going to say that it was a disappointing performance from New Zealand again. We always see the best of them when they play other countries, but when they play Australia, they're just ordinary. Yeah, is it something like
1: 1993, the last time New Zealand have won a Test match against Australia? Is that about
2: right, Menace? They've won one since then. So in 2011 when um, they won in Hobart. So they've won basically, you know, one in 31 years and 31 Tests as well. It's quite incredible.
1: Yeah, a long way from the heyday of Michael Whitney staving off Richard Hadley back in the, in the halcyon days, I guess, of New Zealand cricket. Uh used to used to feel like it was a real battle between the two nations and it still is. I, I still think I still think New Zealand deserved their dues, but Australia at the moment, just the the way we're playing our cricket, just far too good. Yeah, definitely.
2: So the day started off and Ravindra and Mitchell batted through the first half an hour of play and it looked like maybe New Zealand would give the target of 369 a nudge, but then it was all over pretty quickly after that. Nathan Lyon took three wickets in eight balls to take total control of the test match. Ravindra was out uh, basically cutting a short ball offline to Green in the offside. Then Blundell inside edged one and was caught at bat pad for a duck off his just third ball. And then in Lyons next over, he had Glenn Phillips plumb in front and he was out for one. And that three wickets and eight balls just took the wind out of the New Zealand sails. It was also Lyons at 24th, five wicket haul. And, Matt, just a tremendous bowling performance from him. He just ripped through that middle order and he, he was the difference. Uh, I thought when Phillips did well yesterday, this pitch would suit Lyon and he certainly took advantage of it
1: yeah it was interesting to hear Nathan Lyon saying post play on day three that he looking at the wicket himself at the start of the game he always felt that it was going to spin uh hats off to Glennon phillips uh not not a noted big wicket taker. I think that was his first five wicket haul for New Zealand, so great to see him and it sounds like he I think Nathan Lyon referred to him as the the manus of the New Zealand team in terms of how much he loves cricket <laughs> and he was always bailing up Nathan Lyon at the start of each day, wanting to have a chat. So I, I love guys that love cricket that much. And I think uh, Glenn Phillips uh, will will continue to get better with his work with the ball. But it, it seems like Nathan Lyon is getting better. Uh, he's like that uh, the old saying, the fine bottle of wine just keeps on getting better. And, and and that seems to be the way with Nathan Lyon at the moment. And if he can stay fit, Menes, I who knows how long uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to see him playing his craft at the international level.
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, I played the audio at the top of the, the show that Lion has earmarked playing in the 2027 Ashes, and you you wouldn't um, write him off unless an injury or something would have come in, but he's in such good form. He's, as you say, he's, he's getting better every series. His actual bowling average is coming down. You know, four or five years ago, it was in the mid-30s. Now it's almost under 30. So he's just getting better and better. And I think he will go on the 27 Ashes. And I don't think there's any spinner in domestic cricket that's seriously challenging him either.
1: No, well, at the moment, you couldn't say that. There's no one sort of taking 40, 50 wickets uh, a season in the Mars Sheffield Shield competition that's saying they demand a spot. And there's some great emerging spin bowling talent in Australian cricket at the moment. And there's certainly some players that we... Will take over that mantle from Nathan Lyon, but at the moment, what what he's able to produce with the ball and the the street smartness as well, manners, just like that catch, uh, that that plan to dismiss Kane Williamson, he's mm. a big wicket in the team, coming around the wicket, catch at leg slip, not not something, not your traditional off spinners wicket, but just really smart bowling.
2: Yeah, it was tremendous stuff. He took one more wicket. He took uh, Tim Southie's wicket. So that gave him a haul of uh, 10 for 108 in the match, which is the best figures by any spinner at the Basin reserve. And it's also the first time in cricket history or recorded cricket history that a player has top scored in an innings and taken 10 wickets in the match. Um, So tremendous stuff from Nathan Lyon. Uh, The next play to go was Scott Kugeline off the bowling of Cameron Green. Just hit one up in the air. Um, Alex Carey took a good catch. And then Hazelwood took two more wickets. And New Zealand were all out for 196. And they didn't really put up a fight. Uh, Kugeline did hit 26, but by then the game was gone. Um, And, you know, it was good to see Green get a wicket. He didn't bowl much in the first innings. uh, But it was good to see him get a wicket and add that to his over 200 runs for the game. He was judged to be player of the match. Do you, do you think that was the right decision to give Green player of the match? Well, it's, I, I've, been, I've been pondering this, Menas. I,
1: I, I saw some comments from Nathan Lyon uh, saying he was happy to see Cameron Green get player of the match and then uh, sort of that tongue-in-cheek, uh, something ar- ar- around the fact that batters tend to get the spoils when it comes to these individual Ah, uh, performances. I, th- I I have to say though, 174 not out. That partnership with Josh Hazelwood that really did set up the game for Australia. That that last wicket stand was crucial in the context mm. of the game. And so, so you could argue individually, a ten wicket haul, a 41 batting as a night watchman. That has to be that has to be knocking down the door to be player of the match. But I, I guess the deciding factor for me was more the context in which. Cameron Green set up the game for Australia to win it. It was like it was like he he baked the cake and, and Nathan Lyon came and iced it with with some very valuable <laughs> performances with both ball and bat.
2: Yeah, it's a very good analogy and I agree with you. Uh, I mean I mean Green was just hands down the most dominant batter of the match. No one even got close to him. So I think he's Um, definitely deserving of being the player of the match. I think Nathan Lyon's comments were batters normally get the trophies. And I do agree with that. I think often when it comes to a decision with the player of the match, if there's a sort of neck and neck, it usually does go to the batter. So I can see Lyon's frustration, but he certainly won't begrudge Green getting a player of the match. And you've got to think this, this just whole match has done so much for Green's confidence The 100 Backing up in the second innings with a decent score and then taking a wicket. I mean, this is this is what we've been promised for a number of years from Green and he's delivered.
1: Well, he's the once in a generation man. He's the guy that you look at and if if he never bowled a ball in his life, you'd look at that innings and you'd say, Fantastic, we've got a good solid number four there. But the fact that he does bowl and he bowls very well and he's gonna be able to to fill some gaps uh and give give the big engine room that that trio uh, of fast bowlers that have done so well for so long gives gives them some breathing space gets get gets them freshened up uh he's going to be more than handy and and I think I really like him at number 4 menes I really do like what he adds uh in that top 4 of the Australian lineup and uh Stephen Smith going to the top of the order people still uh, wanting to see more of Smith up there before they make up their mind. I, I, I really like the way that the top six looks with Cameron Green at number four.
2: Well, he bats like a number four. He likes to come in and take his time. He's not a sort of Mitch Marsh that likes to come out and bash the ball around the place. So I, I think it's the right spot for him. And I think Smith's going to settle into the opening position and score a ton of so runs do I. I thought he looked good in the first innings. Uh, the second innings, not so good. But, yeah, he, just a... I like the way the batting order looks. Um so I, yeah I think this will be a coming coming of age moment for Cameron Green and a, a big oh 100% big boost for yeah,
1: him yeah 100%, 100% getting and, and being being the main man like he he has really held that Australian innings together and credit to to Hazelwood Hazelwood's 22 occupying the crease for 62 balls faced that that's a that's a, a key point as well for Hazelwood to be able to do that. Very very crucial runs, but uh, Cameron Green taking on the responsibility of just controlling that whole situation and sort of essentially dictating terms to the New Zealand bowlers with with the way he played on 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 day one there and and setting up the game for an Australian victory. Yeah,
2: indeed. And I, look, I thought the key moments of the game, you know, the first one was that partnership between Hazelwood and Green. Then I thought the run out of Kane Williamson seemed to just suck oh, all the oxygen out of the New Zealand team. And then in the second innings, um, Lions dismissal of Williamson, outthinking New Zealand's best player. And for me, those were the three key moments. And, you know, I think going into today's play, I never had any worries that New Zealand were going to chase it down and um, you know Williamson has struggled against the, the the top three nations England, Australia and New Zealand uh, England, Australia and um, uh, India and we'll we'll just see if we can produce something in the next test.
1: Yeah a, 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 a turnaround time I think they the next test getting underway in Christchurch on Friday so he'll have some time to just get himself back in, in into the right space. But he is a world class talent, Kane Williamson. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, getting out run out and then caught down leg slip. They're, they're two fairly unusual dismissals. So it'll be interesting to see what he does between now and then uh to to, to, to try and negate whatever Australia has up their sleeve next, uh, for a for a way of getting him out. So really looking forward to that. I, I, I think I'm expecting runs from him in the second test menace.
2: I'm not. I'm not expecting anything from these Kiwis. Uh, (laughs) But I just wanted to just quickly, before we wrap this up, Nathan Lyons now played 128 test matches, 527 wickets. So he went past Courtney Walsh's 519 wickets in this match. His average is now 30.35. He has 24 five-wicket hauls and 5 ten-wicket hauls. Uh, Stellar match for him. So, Matt, I think, you know, Australia going into the next test, you know, unless there's a, a niggle for one of the bowlers, they are all set to go. There'll be no changes. This is our best lineup. But I think the, the Kiwis have a lot of questions. Uh, there's a possible injury to Willow Rourke. Uh, Devon Conway, mm-hmm. their opening batter, may or may not be available for the next match. And I thought Kugelheim was ordinary in this game. And I'm perplexed at why they didn't give Wagner a go at the Aussies in this first test match. Oh,
1: Neil Wagner was immense uh when the Kiwis were out here a few years back. And he's just he's he's someone who would take it to the Australians. He's got that real just the way he goes about his cricket is the style of cricket that produces results against Australia. I think you've got to kind of stand up to Australia and Wagner is someone who won't take a backward step. So yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen Wagner playing. Uh, From a game perspective, from a a competition perspective, it would have have made for some great viewing to see how the Australians handled him in those conditions.
2: Definitely. So questions for the Kiwis going into the second test? Not so many for the Australians, but, you know, Australia has to go on and win the next test match and get these vital World Test Championship points. So still a huge match ahead for the Kiwis. They did come back last year and level the series against the Poms. One all, so they've shown in the past that they're a spirited team. So, although I'm writing them off, I don't think everybody should. Matt, thanks for joining me on this wrap up of uh, the fourth day of the test match. Where can the listeners uh, find your podcast? Just a simple
1: search for the Cricket Library in any of your podcast browsers, wherever you like to listen. Yeah, the Cricket Library. Uh, you will find us there always always enjoy chatting manners and um, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to to share my
2: thoughts. Well, Matt, thank you very much for coming on the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. It's been long overdue and it won't be the last time you're on. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back before the second test with a a general cricket news update and a preview of the second test. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in during the test match. Again, the Kiwis spooked by the Aussies.